welcome back to the podcast. It's me, Amaka. I must be completely transparent with you guys. I am recording on the same morning that I should be posting. So as you're hearing this or listening, if you're listening on the 1st of April, which is crazy to say, 2023 is kind of just going by so fast. But yes, if you're listening this Saturday the 1st, you are hearing the episode as it was recorded and edited that morning, very early in the morning. I woke up not too long ago. I had my setup already in place. So I'm going to record and then edit and then post. I'm sorry that it'll be a little bit late, a few hours late, not too late, but still going to get it up, still going to have it published for everyone to listen. And yeah, so that's kind of how things worked out this time around with what's going on. So how am I doing? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. This week was busy, but most weeks are busy. And there are some changes on the horizon with different parts of my life. My partner and I are moving in a few months to the Midwest. So we learned of that early in the month and I will get into more detail later on but yeah in a matter of a few months we will be making the move from New York to Chicago which I am pretty excited about and yeah I I feel like it is going to be a good opportunity to start over with certain things and I feel like you know it's different things the move represents different things for the both of us so I won't speak for my husband but I think for me um, it represents an opportunity to kind of reevaluate certain things and make some changes you know level up in certain areas And, um, you know, it represents a new chapter for the both of us. But like I said, in different ways, and I can't speak for him. So I'm just kind of thinking about what it means for me. And I think I'm still kind of processing. There is a lot of planning and and moving about that is going to take place between now and then. But once we are moved in and settled in, I'll be sure to let you guys know how things are going. I actually think the move is going to take place in June, which is usually my hiatus month. Typically don't post an episode in the middle of June. It's usually the beginning of June and then the beginning of July because I like to take a short break. Um at the top of summer and then a short break during the holiday. So 
I will let you guys know how things are in July after we are all moved in and hopefully pretty settled and let you know how things are going. So yeah, that's on my mind as something that is forthcoming. Also too, I've been thinking a lot about the podcast and, you know, where it started and its potential and where it could be headed and what I could do to make it better. And, you know, I just feel like September is going to be two years recording this podcast, which is crazy to think. I remember it just being, you know, like an idea. I've told this story before about how in like early 2021, I was thinking about starting a podcast. I thought it would be a good hobby for me, but I didn't know what exactly I would talk about. And I didn't want to just talk about anything or force a particular topic on myself because, you know, I wanted to start it, but didn't know what to do. So I was like, you know what? I know I want to start a podcast. I know that much. I don't know yet what the content will be about, but I trust that it will come to me eventually. So I'll wait. And you know, eventually it came to me while I was in the shower bathing and, you know, slowly but surely it was born and we are nearing 40 episodes, which is crazy. Still, to me, every time I record and I save these episodes with their number, I'm still just like flabbergasted. (laughs) So, you know, I guess I'm saying all this to say I appreciate you guys for coming on this journey with me. The ones that have listened from the trailer and the first episode where I talked about my journey towards becoming a nurse practitioner in my field And those who have joined along the way and have resonated with the content enough to stay, I really appreciate you guys. And I say all that to say the podcast is going to kind of go through a bit of an overhaul in the coming months. So I really want to kind of level it up and bring... A little bit more to you guys still working on what that will look like on the back end but I'm prioritizing making hopefully changes that you guys will like in the summer and you know I'll be sure to give more information as the time nears I'm hoping to have everything done by the two-year anniversary and sort of have like a relaunch of sorts. So I'm the kind of person who likes information early, you know, to prepare me. This might feel a little bit too early (laughs) because it's April and my goal is September. But yeah, I like to keep you guys in the loop. You know, I respect you guys as my listeners and, you know, the folks who have elected to join me on this journey. So be on the lookout. 
um, over the next few months things are coming and I hope you guys like what you see or like what you hear (laughs) so you know I kind of want to just dive into the content of the title of this episode and I've been kind of battling with how to attack this book because I started this book I must admit I was not too familiar with Bell Hooks's work before she died and you know oftentimes after someone has passed their work can often become much more popular than it was before they died so I remember a lot of people talking about her and her life and her work when she passed and how much of an impact she had on the literary community, the black community. And, you know, her passing kind of brought about a resurgence in the appreciation of her work and her books and her writing. So with that, I decided, you know, I'm going to not feel bad one (laughs) for not knowing you know much about her I remember being on Twitter around that time when she died and people were talking about how much they've impacted her and I read a tweet saying you know if you're not if you weren't familiar with bell hooks before she died don't feel bad use this as an opportunity to get to know her so I was like okay you know, I like that take of being non-judgmental and that everybody kind of arrives at certain things in their life at their own time. Unfortunately, my time was after she had passed. But saying all that to say, I'm now a little bit more aware of her work and have started reading all about love. And I'm not done. But I wanted to start talking about it And like I said, I've been battling how to approach discussing this book because I feel like I could make 10 parts, (laughs) 10 episodes on this book alone. I feel like what I'm discussing is only, what I'm discussing today is only in the first chapter, the first few pages. So I think what I'm going to do with this book is record this episode on what I want to talk about in the book so far. And then I'm going to include an all about love segment for the next few episodes. So it won't be the focus of subsequent episodes, but I'm going to talk about certain things that have impacted me in the book that I have read up to that point. Because there's just so much like, I've literally been underlining almost every page. (laughs) And it's not like, oh, you know, I'm just underlining because, you know, this is semi impactful. Like everything she writes in the book is like mind blowing. And I'm like, how am I supposed to cover this on the podcast? (laughs) So, you know, I want to talk about her. I want to talk about this book. But Yeah, I had to take some time to think about how to go about it. And I decided I'm going to do like one inaugural episode on All About Love. And then I'm going to continue the discussion on the book through segments in future episodes that will include other topics until I finish. 
So that's how I'm approaching this book. And like I said, it's been dropping like bomb after bomb after bomb in ways I haven't really thought about certain things and is definitely going to influence my perspective on love and how I interpret it to be true in my life. So I want to start with a quote on page three, chapter one. That opens up the book after the introduction. And she writes, And they know that what we think love means is not always what they believe it means. Our confusion about what we mean when we use the word love is the source of our difficulty in loving. If our society had a commonly held understanding of the meaning of love, the act of loving would not be so mystifying. Dictionary definitions of love tend to emphasize romantic love, defining love first and foremost as profoundly tender, passionate affection for another person, especially when based on sexual attraction. Of course, other definitions let the reader know one may have such feelings within a context that is not sexual. However, deep affection does not really adequately describe love's meaning. So, in the first chapter, the first chapter kind of lays down the framework of the rest of the, the rest of the book, or at least what I've read so far, about how there really isn't a uniform definition of love. And, you know, she talks about, from the quote that I just read, she talks about what oftentimes people kind of think of when I think of love and um, what the definition is. So I actually wanted to look up the definition of love and see what Webster's Dictionary defined it as. So according to Merriam Webster, love is defined as a strong affection for another rising out of kinship or personal ties, such as the maternal love for a child. That's definition one. And then definition two is attraction based on sexual desire, such as affection and tenderness felt by lovers. So Bell Hooks is not too far off in what she describes as how love is defined. And, you know, she talks about how there is that definition of love in the dictionary, but essentially love is defined by everybody in different ways. And the fact that there is not really a true consensus on what love is and what love means, that adds to the confusion of showing love at times to people and they're not really able to receive it or feel it in the way that you may be trying to give it. So I had never really thought about how love, I feel like when you think of love, and I'll speak for myself, when I think of love, I feel like everybody everybody kind of has a similar definition, but that's actually not true. And just like a, with a lot of things in life, Love could be defined by the world you grew up in and pretty much the perspective that you have as a person. And I feel like a lot of times what I talk about ties back into one of my early episodes, What Happened to You, 
by Dr. Bruce D. Perry and Oprah Winfrey. And that book talked a lot about trauma and how your upbringing can impact how you see the world. And I feel like your view on love can definitely be impacted on how you grew up and how you view the world too. So I wanted to read that quote because I thought that that was a good place to kind of start at the fact that, yes, technically there is a universal definition of love if you're going based off of the dictionary, but it's not all-encompassing. It's actually rather limiting. It focuses, it tries to be as you know, general as possible so that a lot of different types of love can fit, you know, the strong affection, you know, the kinship, the personal ties, but it also narrows into particular types of love, love between a mother and a child, and then love between two lovers, which is just a couple, just one or two pieces of what of how love can be shown. So starting from there, I thought that it would be interesting to think that through. And I'm curious, this is essentially what the journal prompt of the episode will be like, what is your definition of love? And how was that definition formed over the course of your life up to this point? What is it rooted in? And I would like to encourage you to think about what that definition definition is right now and if you decide upon reading all about love or listening to all about love I'm curious if your definition will change over time so I wanted to start with that and then I also wanted to discuss something I hadn't thought of before too She talks in the book about how our view on love is formed based on the society that we live in, in terms of it being a patriarchal society. And when I read that, I was like, of course it is. Of course it is. And yet I had never thought of it in that way before. Ultimately, what she says in the first chapter is that the acceptance of the male perspective on love as the default in our society has limited our general understanding of the concept of love. And the presence of patriarchy keeps us as a society from moving forward in our understanding of love in this way. And society works to maintain the definition of love because it benefits it and keeps it going and that oftentimes attention is not paid to other definitions or other ways of defining love that oppose the patriarchal view on how love on what love means on how love should be performed because it actively fights against it so I want to read a quote akin to that concept. She talks about a particular writer who has also thought about this and how their definition of love has been kind of 
put by the wayside because it's a threat to the patriarchal definition of love. So I'm jumping a little bit between the first chapter and the introductory chapter (laughs) just to give you an idea of how I will barely scratch the surface of this book in this episode. So segments in future episodes are going to be necessary. But ultimately, when, you know, when I'm talking about patriarchy's role in our definition of love in modern day, in modern day life, she talks about this in the introductory chapter on page um, Roman numeral 14. And she says that reviewing the literature on love, I noticed how few writers, male or female, talk about the impact of patriarchy the way in which male domination of women and children stands in the way of love. John Bradshaw's Creating Love, The Next Great Stage of Growth, is one of my favorite books on the topic. He valiantly attempts to establish the link between male domination, the institutionalization of patriarchy, and the lack of love of families. Famous for work that calls attention to the inner child, Bradshaw believes that ending patriarchy is one step in the direction of love. However, his work on love has never received ongoing attention and celebration. It did not get the notice given work by men who write about love while affirming sexist-defined gender roles. Profound changes in the way we think and act must take place if we are to create a loving culture. A woman who talks of love is still suspect. Perhaps this is because... All that enlightened woman may have to say about love will stand as a direct threat and challenge to the visions men have offered us. So when I read this part, and you can see that Belle kind of (laughs) is swinging right out the gate with this book. Like this is the introductory chapter of the book. And I'm like... I hadn't thought of it in this way before, but it makes sense. You know, American society is a patriarchal society. Despite the progressive um, moves that we've made when it comes to women, when when it comes to minorities in this country, everything has been influenced to varying degrees by the rules of the patriarchal society that we live in and love at the end of the day why would that be an exception a patriarchal definition of love benefits the traditional structure that is upheld when it comes to families when it comes to relationships when it comes to media Um, a particular type of love is upheld and portrayed in what we see all around us But that very definition of love is limiting. It limits love as a concept. It limits love as an action, as a way of life. And it really got me thinking about the fact that I need to break down what love means to me. And like I said before, ultimately, how was my definition of love formed? Because I grew up in this society So what influenced my definition of love? What informed it? And how am I showing it 
based on that definition. So I want to touch on a couple of things, a couple more things in this episode. Bell Hooks talks about how the definition of love that we have in mind may actually be confused with another word that I had never heard before reading this book. And the word is cathexis. She talks in chapter one about how what a lot of us may think love is, is actually what cathexis is. And doing my due diligence, I looked up what cathexis meant, and I hope I'm pronouncing it right. So ultimately, what a lot of us may think love is, is actually defined by the word cathexis. And cathexis means, based off the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, it means an investment of mental or emotional energy in a person, object, or idea. So with that definition, it had me thinking, you know, in what parts of life, in, in what scenarios would we use the word love where cathexis would actually be more appropriate? And I think for me, it makes sense in the way that we often use the word love for everyday life. If it's not in relation to a person, we love this book that we read or we love this place that we went to or we love pretty much anything. I feel like anything that's not a person this definition could really apply to, but it does not it does not exclude a person in the definition as well. Cathexis could be applied to the interactions or the relationship between two or more people. But I really see it being appropriate when it comes to how we use the word love towards anything that's not a person. I could say that I love this podcast, which I do. You know, I started it from nothing and it has grown and I put a lot of mental and emotional energy into it. So I think the word cathexis really applies here. I love my books. I love this book that I'm reading all about love. I love certain ideas. I love a lot of things about my life. So I feel like I I feel like this is the third time I'm saying this in the last like five minutes. I feel like cathexis is really an apt word for describing in the context of showing affection or like it said, investing emotional and mental energy towards something that is not a person, but does not exclude a person. So that had me thinking, too, because. It had never occurred to me that there could be a word that more so accurately describes how we use love in like a colloquially, societally based definition that is not, you know, deeply rooted um, and does not involve, you know, interactions between two people who have a deep relationship. So kind of moving on from there, she talks on page five about how we often confuse cathex- cathecting with loving, which I kind of talked briefly about. 
a second ago. And um, with that confusion, that also lends to the gap or mismatch between people when it comes to feelings and what love means for them and how someone can feel what they believe is love and show what they believe is love to the other person. But that person that is receiving that may not reciprocate it. They may not, they may not feel it the way the other person does. So I think that explains a lot, honestly, especially when, it, especially when it comes to um, unreciprocated love, quote unquote, or unrequited love, quote unquote, that offers me a deeper understanding of how that can be the case. So there's so much, there's so much to cover in this book. Um, and I really don't want to rush it. But I do want to talk about one more thing before ending the episode. And ultimately, it's the definition of love that she gives. We're still in chapter one. So having discussed the concept of cathexis versus love, she also on the same page of chapter five talks about what we what what may help with forming a more all-encompassing definition and true definition of love because it's not just one thing it involves several things several concepts so she writes to truly love we must learn to mix various ingredients care affection recognition respect commitment and trust as well as honest and open communication Learning faulty definitions of love when we are quite young makes it difficult to be loving as we grow older. We start out committed to the right path, but go in the wrong direction. Most of us learn early on to think of love as a feeling. When we feel deeply drawn to someone, we cathect with them. That is, we feel, we invest feelings or emotion in them. That process of investment wherein a loved one becomes important to us is called cathexis, like I previously discussed. In his book, Peck rightly emphasizes that most of us confuse cathecting with loving. We all know how often individuals feeling connected to someone through the process of cathecting insist that they love the other person, even if they are hurting or neglecting them. Since their feeling is that of cathexis, they insist that what they feel is love. So that quote, you know, I hope gives a little bit more understanding to what I was saying when it comes to what love is or what she writes that we should consider love to be and that ultimately what we think of love to be on a day-to-day basis and how oftentimes what we are thinking is love is really cathexis and Honestly, reading this, I can't even blame, you know, anyone on thinking love to be a certain way. Meanwhile, it could actually fall under the the definition of a completely different term. Because like she said in the beginning, a lot of us have different definitions of love. There doesn't seem to be a uniform definition. So that lends to confusion and 
there is a particular type of love and maybe a dare I say even a particular brand of love that is promoted in society that continues to kind of help move patriarchal ideas forward but that limits us as human beings in really deepening our level of understanding when it comes to what love is as a concept and um you know it is ultimately us really opening ourselves to learn like anything else in life what it truly is and what it truly means and moving past to just being a feeling i think that's something that's also promoted too as what love is you know love is a feeling and I think I'm going to stop here and continue the conversation in the next episode. But I think that love is a feeling perspective lends to the idea that you can love someone, but treat them like shit. Or you can love someone and abuse them. And Bell Hooks talks in the book about how love and abuse can't coexist so we need to move beyond thinking about love as just a feeling and she offers some insight on how it might be helpful to start to reframe our definition of love so that it can better inform how we move in our daily life and how we interact with the people around us I hope I did (laughs) these couple of chapters justice. I feel like I haven't even scratched the surface. I'm already over 40 minutes in recording and I barely talked about anything in this book. But what I discussed, I feel like was really eye-opening for me and... You know, if that was the case for me, I feel like other folks might resonate with this too. When I first started this podcast, I was doing a lot of multi-part episodes and I'm not averse to those any longer. Like I'm not averse to those period. I feel like, you know, if a book warrants two parts of an episode, I'll do it. But I think I remember doing um, a three-parter on Set Boundaries, Find Peace And at the time, I thought it was a good idea. And I don't necessarily think it was a bad idea, but I just don't want to do. I I try to veer away from multi-part episodes now for some reason. I'm just not too keen on the idea anymore. So I say all that to say I could I could do a 10 part series on this book and it probably wouldn't be enough. So like I said in the beginning of the episode, I'm just going to I wanted this to kind of be the introductory episode to this book. And just touch on some pertinent points in the introduction chapter and in chapter one. But this book is about 230-ish pages and has 13 chapters. So I'm definitely not going to be able to cover everything. But at the same time, I don't feel like I should. I think this is one of those books that... I think this is one of those classics. I think this is one of those books that are only going to age with time. 
you know, like wine, like really good wine, because I'm looking at the publishing information now, and it was actually published in 2001. And I'm reading it in 2023, present day, which means, you know, 22 years later, I'm finding that the words in this book, the words that I've read so far, have been so impactful already. So I want to cover as much as possible, but I, at the same time, don't think I should. I think that everyone should experience this book for themselves. And I know I haven't finished it, but I know that much already. So I hope that that kind of gives you an idea on how critical the work of Bell Hooks is when it comes to this book specifically. But I definitely plan to read more of her work when I'm done with this. So with that said, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed what I shared from the book so far. And I hope you guys will tune in to the future segments on future episodes. As I had previously mentioned as well, the journal prompt for this episode is to kind of just think about your definition of love. If you can, write it down. See if you can put words to the ideas and feelings that you have around the word. And in addition to that, think about how your how your definition of love was formed. Challenge yourself to evaluate if your definition of love aligns more with the concept of cathexis. And if it does, what does that mean? And how do you think that came to be? Um, I wish I could hear you guys' reflections on this because I feel like this concept is just so deep and so vast and there's just so much that could be taken away from this and if anyone listening wanted to share that with me I would be ecstatic to read your thoughts please email me at btbwpodcast at gmail.com and let me know what you're thinking you know as always Thank you guys for listening. Please rate and review on your preferred listening platform. If this episode or past episodes have positively impacted you, please share, please recommend. Um, Feel free to DM me on my social media handles if you want to reach out to me personally. I always love hearing how this podcast has impacted folks and the folks who have reached out have always, you know, been the highlight of my day. So if you feel moved, please, please reach out. But ultimately, that ends this episode. Thank you guys for listening as always. Love you all. And I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.